It's award-winning Frederick County Sports Weekend with interviews with local coaches and players. Here's your host, Steve Nibbs. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and we're continuing uh, our series and talking with new head coaches for the fall season here in Frederick County. My guest today is the head boys coach at Thomas Johnson High School, Mr. Jonathan Thayhill. And, Coach, welcome, and uh, certainly a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate the invite and uh, and the opportunity to speak to you. Indeed, my pleasure, Coach. Uh, first off, we were talking earlier, but, but you have quite uh, the background in the sport of soccer. Take us back to, say, where you went to high school, played, and bring us forward to where you are now. Sure. I've had uh, just the, a great opportunity to be involved with the game of soccer on a lot of different levels. Um, I started playing, I grew up in Baltimore city and started playing, uh, when I was pretty young, I went to Baltimore Polytechnic Institute down in Baltimore. Okay. Uh, we did not have a great team. We played against some of the best private schools in the state, Calvert hall and Loyola and Curley. And I had a great experience there. Uh, as far as teams go and coaching goes, we just didn't win a lot of games and it, uh, I guess it kind of got me thinking about how we could do things differently. And um, even back then, I was trying to help uh, with kids' teams and stuff as much as I could. Okay. I went to college at a small liberal arts school in northern West Virginia called Bethany College. I know where that is. And, yep. Yeah, I was a walk-on there and played there for three years. I also swam there for a couple of years. Um, it's a pretty small place. We had about 850 students. Uh, but a really strong soccer program. We have incredible alumni presence um, that have played over the years. In 1994, they won the national championship, first national championship for the school. There's about 150 alumni in the stands uh, that got to watch that game, and we were pretty oh, wow. envious watching them carry that trophy around. Indeed, so, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, after I left school, I started coaching a little bit. My senior year, um, I had an injury and I was coaching a little bit with the women's side at Bethany. The The new coach had taught me in a couple classes and kind of, I think recognized my passion for the game. And so she brought me on as a, a volunteer student assistant. And that's where I really kind of discovered how much I loved coaching. And I'd worked with a couple club teams uh, in the West Virginia area and an ODP team up in West Virginia when I was still in school, um, came back here and I worked, uh, as a, I guess, rec sports programmer for the YMCA over in over in Westminster, uh, Maryland. Did that for a little bit. And then I started coaching a little bit more. And I started the women's program at Hood College in 94. We had uh, 26 women on that roster the first year and only eight or nine, I think, had ever played soccer before. And uh, it was a very interesting experience because we had players who were 18, 19, 20 years old, but developmentally, they kind of were just beginners. Right. Um, so that was a great time. I was there for a few years and um, also was working for Maryland State Youth Soccer Association at the same time, um, doing some educational courses for coaches. I was at, I coached at Walkersville for four years, kind of in that same time period. And that was a great experience. I got to meet a lot of great coaches and coach against uh, Bob Shuffer from right. Middletown. Yeah, some really, I mean, legendary guys that have been around Frederick County for a long time. 
Uh, and then after that, I kind of jumped back into the college game. I was still at uh, Maryland State Youth Soccer Association working for the state. I coached at uh, Village Julie College, the women's team there. It is now Stevenson University. So I was there again before there were a lot of men on campus um, before they went through that transition to go co-ed. Right. From there, I went up to upstate New York to Hartwick College. And um, their men's team there is Division One, and their women's team is Division Three. one of the the last schools and now it's gone all division three, but it was one of the last schools in the country that had dual membership in division one and division three. Right. And that was a yeah, really interesting time and great experience. And then I left there and came back kind of where I had grown up to Maryland and be a little closer to family. And I started working at Shepherd university in 2007, coaching the men's team there division two. Uh, I was with the men from 2007 to 2011 in 2011 I took on the women's team as well. So I was coaching both teams wow. at Shepherd, and I, and I became full-time there. And I did that for seven years. And then in 2017, I was just coaching the women and then moved on from there in 2018. And you ended up at, uh, helping at Walkersville at some point, John? Yeah, I was at Walkersville right around the same place, okay. or right around the same time that I was coaching at Hood. Okay. I was there from... I coached there um, 95, 96, 97, okay. 98. I was at Walkersville. Looking back, uh, John, your thoughts uh, about what we've gone through the last year and a half as it pertains to, you know, the athletic end of it and, and soccer? Yeah, I tell you, I was I served on the um, Division Two National Women's Soccer Committee for a couple of years when I was at Shepherd, and the work that goes into planning for the seasons that happens, you know, at the administration level at, at the university um, and from a national perspective. And I think it's the same way in the high school, in high school sports with administration and athletic directors and the state committees doing all this work to get ready for the season with scheduling and planning for the stuff that's happened in the last year and a half with COVID and all the setbacks that the athletes have had and the many, many changes and obstacles that admin and, and states have had, and counties have had to deal with with all the different rules, I think it's absolutely amazing that we've been able to come back this fall and the kids that I've seen at, at Thomas Johnson High School and the admin, the enthusiasm and the resiliency of the athletes and the ability to kind of be flexible with all these changing things happening and still you know, get to the school stuff and the family stuff it's amazing for me to see um, knowing after so many years in the game what goes on behind the scenes and realizing how much has to happen with all these changes. It's it's just been a, an eye-opening experience for me. Indeed. And for everybody, we got to find out uh, how much uh, the the athletics and mean to everyone, and, and uh, you you don't know what you have until you're missing it. And I think we certainly got the that message. Yeah, and, and the parents, too, I have to say, you know, I, I respect a lot of the decisions that we have some players at Thomas Johnson that did not play last year because of concerns about COVID. Right. And they have returned now, and the parents have been really supportive, and the athletes themselves, the attitudes and the, you know, the excitement about starting the season. It's a, it's a really neat, neat atmosphere to be in the middle of after coming through the last year and a half. This experience at 
Thomas Johnson, is there anything uh, you've, you are, you've been a, a head coach before at both levels, John, was there, what was a little bit about TJ that brought you there and now coming in as the new head coach at TJ? So last year, uh, when COVID was happening, my son is a junior at TJ and, uh, they didn't, their JV coach, I think was, they were kind of growing their family and he had stepped away um, or had announced that he was stepping away before COVID hit. And so when they were starting the spring season, they did not have a coach yet. Ah. And so my son asked me a couple times. And so I did inquire with the school about, you know, the possibility of uh, an opening with the JV team, which they contacted me back. I went through the application process, um, went through a bunch of background check stuff and everything last right. spring got cleared through HR, which was great. And then got to, we, you know, we had a modified season last year with JV. Right. Um, the, the weird connection here is that I teach actually at Westminster high school, um, uh, which is, which is where coach Regal went, right. Um, to take over that open position. And at the time when he told me he was leaving, I was kind of unsure about what was going to happen. Um, I did speak with Mr. Chavez over at TJ and asked me if I was interested in putting my name in for the varsity job. And I said, I, I would love to be considered. And um, then I don't know, probably three or four weeks later, I heard back that everything was good and I was the new varsity coach. And so I was really excited to be able to kind of develop that opportunity that coach Regal had given me to be the JV coach and make the connections that I did uh, within the school and with the players. And so it was, uh, I, I think a little bit easier transition than right. if I had been somebody just brand new. Indeed, that that's that's a key piece. If you can get it, uh, Jonathan, is that, that transition for the kids. And it, uh, with you being there that last spring certainly was beneficial to everybody uh, concerned. Let's talk a little bit about this year's squad, if you would. Uh, what your expectations, where you think things, how things can go for the boys' program there. Yeah. You know, I think uh, that last year, uh, Coach Regal had such a talented group and had a big group of seniors. I think they graduated 15 seniors last year. Yeah, so a lot of talent, a lot of leadership um, that we lost. There are some some people, just a few players that played varsity last year um, that give us a little bit of continuity. And like I said before, there are some players that had not played at all in either program because of COVID last year and are now back in it and so uh you know we have really four things that we've been trying to focus on in preseason that's work ethic um attitude uh, respect for each other and then commitment and commitment piece is not only the school piece but be 100 percent committed to what you're doing in that moment whether it's taking a corner kick or a throw in or a pass or a shot and so we've really tried to focus on those things i've tried to push the focus in preseason away from just talking about winning and more so talking about what we can do well and how we can, you know, kind of put our imprint on the game as a team. And so far I've been really, really encouraged, not only with the work ethic of the team, but the atmosphere around the team. I think they're really good about working hard when it's time to work hard, but they also have a good personal connection that I think uh, is super helpful as we're trying to kind of blend a new group and an older group together together. Uh, of course, the challenge is can we keep that atmosphere once the games start? And if we start taking wins and losses and stuff, can we keep that energy going? Indeed. And 
So uh, it's good the numbers are are where you want them to be, Coach. Um, Looking, you've you've been in coaching for uh, 20-plus years. What do you – was there anyone, uh, a mentor, a former coach, that um, gave you some advice and that kind of has stuck with you? Yeah, I have. I had two great mentors. My college coach, a gentleman by the name of Graham Ramsey, who uh, grew up and played professionally in England, and then came to this country back in the '60s when he was playing with the old NASL. Um, and he's the one that really uh, pushed me to learn more about the game and be a, a bigger student of the game, and uh, really pushed me to pursue coaching education. And then the second mentor uh, would have to be Alison Wilbur. She's the women's coach. Uh, William Smith College in upstate New York, and she's the winningest coach. She's the winningest women's coach, I think, in the country other than Anson Dorrance. Wow, that's impressive. Um, she's been at the same school since 1980. Oh. And, uh, yeah, she's amazing. And not only does she is she a great coach, but she is super involved in advocating for women's sports um, and soccer in general. And so – the soccer piece and the learning piece, certainly from my college coach, Graham, and then the, you know, kind of social piece responsibility and making sure that your team does more than just play soccer from Alisan. Those things have combined, I think, to give me a, a kind of a unique perspective on where I'd like the program to go. Indeed. In, in general, uh, John, what, what is your coaching philosophy? So I have really three goals as a coach. The first one is that whether it be high school or college, the the players get a good education and graduate and can move on. You know, I think most people get out of high school, you're going to go to work, you're going to go to the military, trade school or college. And so can we facilitate a smooth transition through athletics to try to give them everything they need to do whatever they're going to do next? Okay. Uh, Number two is that they have a great soccer experience and that's really incumbent on me as a head coach and the other coaches in the program because sometimes we're going to have, you know, five win seasons and sometimes we're going to have 12 win seasons. And we have to create a great experience for those players that they remember and hold on to uh, regardless of the record. And sometimes that's challenging. And then the third thing that I really um, pride myself on is can they leave the school a better player and a better person when they showed up? So those are my really three goals as a coach for any team that I coach. That I, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, John, on on those three uh, ingredients for sure. Is there um, a quote or saying uh, that uh, the team you have for the team does it change? Will change from year to year, or do you just have one uh, mantra, so to speak? No, I mean. I- I think some of it's, you know, up to the team. Like I've had teams that have had a tradition where they have like a saying or something like that. Um, and if it's working and, and it's certainly something that's been passed down over the years, and I, I try not to mess with it because I think that's some history of the program. And if, and if a program has that kind of history where stuff's being passed down, I like to keep it. Right. Um, for new teams, I don't know much about. Sometimes I'll suggest things and uh, let the team run with it. Right now, we, we've only played one scrimmage, and we, we open tomorrow against South Carroll. And so I'm interested to see these next like week, week and a half, 
and see where it goes. Um, Because right now we've just been really focused on work ethic stuff. Um, And that's the piece that I'm really trying to push. But, yeah, sometimes there's something that I'll grab onto. Maybe there's a quote in a newspaper story or maybe there's a quote that a parent or a player says that really connects with what we're trying to do that season. And then I try to pick up on that. But I, I really do borrow things from books and movies and anything else that I get my hands on that I feel might make a connection. As coaches, we, we all do that. Jonathan. we always pull from other people and, uh, and put our own uh, spin on it. Um, what would you say were, uh, key ingredients for to have a program become um, consistent and competitive year in, year out? I, I think, you know, the biggest piece is numbers. So that's something certainly that I think last year the varsity had great numbers. The JV didn't have great numbers. I think we were at 15. And so I think just people from the community coming out, like, are we getting the best players that are coming out to play high school soccer? And so the really successful coaches, and I'll mention coach Scheffler again, because I have a ton of respect for him and the amazing things he did over at Middletown. But, you know, he got in there super early in his his teaching and coaching career and started youth leagues in Middletown um, and created almost like a system where kids were coming through these youth leagues. And then they were all kind of doing similar stuff. And I think, so getting people out in the community and getting enough numbers so that you're really getting a pick of the best players is important. And yeah, the feeder think, program is a key for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think also um, consistency. You know, if you can have um, a coach that connects well with the players and the parents and the community and they can have some common themes running through, whether it be um, loyalty to the program or work ethic or you know, taking care of your teammates, whatever that is, I think some of those common themes have run through some of the better programs in Frederick County, and they continue to. I mean, I know, you know, Mitch Rubin and I coached mm-hmm. against each other back when I first was at Walkersville in the in the mid-'90s, and he's still yeah. coaching high school. He's, he's coached women's soccer, and he's coached men's soccer, and he's been around, and he's coached at the college level, and he's done ODP stuff. And, you know, he has created – people know Mitch Rubin and he's, he's created some really great teams. And when he leaves somewhere, people are eager to get him in there. And that's, I think something also that continuity and consistency among coaches um, and then community support, you know, it's right. great to have fundraisers where you can raise a little money for your program. It's great to have people cheering in the stands at your home games. I think all those things really play into high school soccer that's so different from college soccer where you may not have all those same connections with parents and families. Indeed. We're starting to run a little short on time and always always happens, Jonathan, but what was, when you first started to play, what was the hook for you about the game of soccer? Um, and why you, I why you the, jumped in it, you know? Yeah. The, the hook for me was, well, first off, I, I, wanted to be a football player and I played football for one season when I was seven years old and the coach told my parents that I should find a different sport. So oh my. That, <laughs> that was, um, that got me moving, but the ability that, um, there's no scripted plays in soccer, really. I mean, you know, maybe on a corner kick or something, but really the ball moves and the game changes and to be able to think through some of that stuff and figure that stuff out, And from a very early age, I was not a great player. I don't think I was ever the best player on my team, 
but I realized that if I worked super hard, I could kind of make up for some of that deficiency in talent. And that kind of spurred me on to say, like, even if I'm not as good, I might still be able to play and contribute. And so those things really made a big difference for me when I first started playing. Jonathan, we're just about out of time. I want to, again, thank you for being with us today. want to wish you the very best at Thomas Johnson High School. Certainly going to make things nicer once that new field is ready to go. And I know everyone's excited about that. But I hope we get another chance to chat. And, uh, again, good luck this, this season and beyond. Jonathan, thank you for your time today. Steve, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, we are excited about that new field, and I would love to chat with you again sometime as we get further into the season. My pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you. You've been listening to talking with the head boys soccer coach at Governor Thomas Johnson High School, Mr. Jonathan Tayhill. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and we'll see you next week. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Radio 930, WFMD, Frederick.